0: Welcome to intuitive bites podcast. I'm your host Kirsten Ackerman. I'm a registered dietitian specializing in intuitive eating and health at every size. I'm also the founder of the intuitive RD, a project that aims to provide weight inclusive nutrition education through workshops, online courses, retreats, written content, and private counseling. Join me as we explore the foundations of the non-diet approach to health and wellness and chat with leading professionals in the field. Hi guys, welcome to episode 22 of Intuitive Bites podcast. For the episode today, I'm chatting with Ashley Bennett, who is an art psychotherapist, and she's also known as body image therapist on Instagram. Ashley has amazing insight into the topic we're discussing today, which is the topic of fat phobia and also internalized fat phobia. It was really interesting to talk with Ashley about this concept because as I was reflecting back on my own journey and, um, you know, my time becoming a dietitian and all of that, um, it was interesting to think about my thoughts on fat phobia and how they've evolved over time and and kind of how I've started to have a more nuanced understanding of what that really means and um, how that really impacts our decisions um, when it comes to dieting or um, making judgments about other people and things like that, um, that we just really might not even realize is there until we start looking at it on a deeper level. So Ashley does a really good job of explaining this. Um, in a really compassionate way Um, so I'm really excited to share this episode with you guys Um, another thing just to throw out there um, my intuitive eating and yoga retreat in Costa Rica in February 2019 is coming um, very quickly right so if you're interested uh, reach out to me ask your questions I'll point you in the right direction you can find more details on the retreat if you look in the bio of my Instagram. Um, there's a whole explanation of the teachings we're going to be doing um, and also, you know, stuff like prices and travel information and all of that good stuff. Um, but again, if you have questions, reach out and ask them. Um, also, my <laughs> always my my comment um if you have a moment to take to rate this podcast on itunes it would be much appreciated um you know i don't say it just to say it but it really does make a difference in terms of um who gets exposed to this podcast and um yeah and i want i want more people to hear this message it's um it's an important one so if you have a moment definitely take that to do that um and without any further rambling on my end, let's go listen to my conversation with Ashley. Okay. Hi, Ashley. Thank you again so much for joining me today. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> of so course. To meet you. Oh my gosh. Way. I know. I'm really like so pumped to have this conversation with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love for you to just tell um, the listeners kind of a little bit about you and, and what you've got going on right now.
1: So I am an art psychotherapist and generally people don't know what that is, but it's basically like talk based counselling, but I use art based processes as well. And I specialise in body image and eating disorders, internalised fat phobia um, and yeah, body dysmorphia, everything to do with the body, really, I'm really into the body. Mm hmm.
0: That's so fascinating with uh, with the art component. I just think that's really cool, especially in this particular like this with this particular topic, I guess. <laughs> it's
1: pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. A lot of the messages we internalize are visual, so it yeah. makes sense that, you know, we can tune into those visual messages through art making in a therapy setting. It could be really powerful for people.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. That is just so cool. Um, so Ashley, the, the topic that I would love to talk to you about today is um, basically um, just this topic of fat phobia, which is something that mm-hmm. in my podcast, you know, we've kind of alluded to and, and, you know, we have a lot of concepts that kind of overlap with it. But I want to, yeah. I really am so excited to just have this conversation with you and get your insight on this topic, um, because I think it's something that can be hard to really understand. So I guess I'll just throw it out, out, uh, throw it at you and um, ask you like, what are your thoughts on
1: like, what really is
0: fat phobia?
1: Mm, So again, that's, it's such a huge question. And (laughs) um, something we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. is that we're still in it at the moment. And so it's really broad and undefined, but essentially it is the fat is bad narrative that's you know, we hear it everywhere in society. Um, we're sort of told that fat is really scary, it's really unhealthy and it, it's almost like it's going to get you. I mean, we hear of the O word, the obesity epidemic. It's almost as if fat is, you know, around the next corner and it's going to get you. So it's just it promotes a lot of um, fear mentality and, you know, we just don't want to be around it. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, I think that that's something that a lot of people can relate to. Um mm. even um for me like and I have said that I've said this a lot about like even just like general dieting stuff, but it, with fat phobia like the more that I kind of learned about it and opened my eyes to it, the more I saw it in people around me and and even in, in you know myself just thoughts that I'd have and I'd be like, "Oh wow, like I didn't even realize that that was there." Um so I definitely mm. think that that's mm definitely prevalent you know
1: yeah and that a lot of you know a lot of the health behaviors that we choose to do like Mm -hmm. literally come from i don't want to become fat and unwell right so it's it's, you know it's people making decisions about their health from a place of fear which it sort of has a very counter uh counterintuitive uh reaction
0: yeah it's so wild. It really is. And I feel like it's still so, I mean, yeah, it absolutely is still like kind of um, still so hidden and still so unseen. And, and again, until you kind of like start to look at it and you're like, Oh my gosh, this has been, this has been yeah. so that is really it's like,
1: once you see it, you can't unsee it.
0: Exactly. It's, it's like,
1: wow. So many people are basing the decisions of this fear of a specific type of body and what it means. And it makes a lot of sense because again, it's, it's not just a a group of people who are afraid of um, fat bodies. It's, it's, you know, it's our health system. It's our government. It's our grandparents, it's people at work. It's, Mm -hmm. I mean, where can we escape (laughs) from it?
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So So the original thing that I wanted to talk to you about, and I guess this is kind of leading into it is, um, you know, kind of this, this concept of internalized fat phobia, which I think kind of sounds like a big term, but um, I'd love for you to kind of give your perspective on what that means, you know, in relation to just fat phobia itself.
1: Yeah. So it's essentially when people in larger bodies take those negative stereotypes that are endorsed by society about fat and they believe them about themselves so that you know people in larger bodies are less worthy than people in smaller bodies less deserving of respect and that just because you're in a bigger body that you're automatically less healthy so the view of your own health irrespective of what the you know the biomarkers might say about your health you will believe that you're just less healthy in general because you're in a larger body Um, And it's also related to the internal internalization of that is related to thinking that body size is someone's fault or it's a hundred percent in, in control of that. No, Yeah. That someone's body size is, um, you know, controlled by them. Mm -hmm. Right. So then if, if their body
0: size is something that they think that it shouldn't be, then that's kind of their fault is, you know,
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's where a lot of the, um, you know, the research comes out about the the damages to mental and physical health um, Mm -hmm. comes from in terms of our own beliefs about our own self.
0: Yeah. And I guess this kind of like leads into like the conversation of like weight stigma, but it just makes me think about how, you know, like people I've I've known or whatever, like having this concept of themselves that like being in a larger body, like then they should behave in this way. You know, like you said, like they should be lazy or they should like X, Y, Z food. And they should be mm-hmm. just like love mm-hmm. food or love like sweets or whatever it is, like having all these like concepts about themselves um, just yeah. because of like the stigma of that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know, that, they don't it's it's common for them to not even question those negative stereotypes. And that's when we start this might be branching off a little bit, but um people in larger bodies can then go to try and compensate for those negative stereotypes by being the good fat person in that you know they try and show people like, oh look, I am active or like, oh look, I do love salads. And so it's it's still coming from the intention of that is still coming from a place of fear as well.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but when I was m- making some notes and, and thinking about this topic, um, I read something online by Reagan Chastain and she mm. was talking about um, like this, like basically like the idea of like airplane seats, right? Like the idea that mm, people, like, yeah. someone in a a fat body, like would say, oh, like I will, I have to buy two seats and that's just how it is because, you know, because I'm too big for the one seat. So of course I have to buy two seats and I have to pay double the price to go, you know, Mm, go somewhere. And like, that's something that I feel like if most people here in our culture or society, like they'd be like, oh, like, yeah, like that's just normal. Like, of course they have to do that. But it's like, when you stop to think about it, like that is, actually really messed up and that's actually really not okay that they you know exactly
1: they are one person they are one they're not two people they don't have to buy two seats but it's interesting like a quick segue is that um you know if you're someone in a larger body in order to just make life a bit more easier a lot of people end up just buying those two seats Mm -hmm. and it really sucks that that has to happen because you know, then you're confronted with being on the airplane and being, you know, having looks or Mm -hmm. you just, your own comfort is placed in jeopardy and, you know, flying is already difficult as it is. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I just find that to be, I don't know. That was something that just gave me a a real perspective shift. So I think it's interesting to think about, but, um, I guess, so one thing I was going to ask you is, you know, um, How does fat phobia affect all people? Because we're kind of talking about this in terms of, okay, like people in fat bodies are affected by this and whatever. But how do you you think it impacts all people?
1: Mm. Well, it turns into, in all bodies, it turns into a bias that we, um, you know, we all hold the, well, fat is bad narrative and I need to do everything I possibly can to Mm -hmm. not be a part of that narrative and not be not belong in that stigmatized group. Mm. So it, it's not just something that impacts people in larger bodies. It, mm. it also is rampant even through eating disorder treatment and, you know, it's in schools, you sort of really can't um, get away from it. Yeah.
0: I mean, I guess, I think it was, um, I don't want to get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was, um, Virgi Tovar that was talking about like you know dieting is a practice of fat phobia. I think that was the quote, something like that. Yeah. yeah, Have you heard you have you heard that?
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's I guess that's how it does play out in um, people's behaviors, regardless Mm. of bodies. Is that I'm going to control my food intake because that's what I believe creates a fat body. When that's a very simplistic view of you know, how someone may gain weight or even lose weight by its opposite. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just thought that was such a powerful quote.
0: Um, So let me ask you this. So I guess, um, can you think of, I, I guess I'm just thinking of myself when I was, you know, in undergraduate studies for nutrition. And I had mentioned to you this, this to you a little while ago that I feel like if somebody had said to me, you know, uh, are you, you know, do you have internalized fat phobia or, you know, I don't mm. know. had just talked to me about this concept of fat phobia, I would have kind of brushed it off and said like, oh yeah, it's so terrible. And like, but I wouldn't have truly understood. So I guess I'm just trying to think of like examples of, you know, um, fat phobia that can exist for, in any one person and kind of like what that might look like. And I guess we've kind of touched on it a little bit here, but um, are there any examples? I don't know that you could think that might resonate with people.
1: Yeah. Well, the biggest one is, I guess, you know, offering people advice about their diet in order Mm. to fix their health or to change their body size. Um, It's assuming that food is what creates the fat. Um, And it's just remembering, too, that you don't know what you don't know. And so the first thing I mention to people when they're like, oh, no, I'm not fat phobic. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm nice to fat people. (laughs) That's a funny one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, It's not about that. It's about learning what you know. And this goes for anyone, even people in larger bodies. What did you learn about that growing up? Mm-hmm. What did you, what do your parents believe about fat people? What does your family believe about fat people? Um, and just learning what your views are on different body types as well, even different appearances, and starting from there, because then you'll start to notice that you have particular lines of thought that um, are very simplistic and very stereotypical of mm-hmm. people in fat bodies.
0: Yeah, I think that's such such great advice. And, you know, I'm kind of curious right now, thinking about like the work that you do with your clients and just kind of bring that art element in into it. Like, is there something that people listening could do at home that could kind of bring that element in that, that could start to challenge some of this narrative?
1: Mm, yeah, well, um, in art therapy, we don't just make, drawings or make mm-hmm. paintings either we we can look at media and we can mm-hmm. look at imagery and understand how it's impacting the way that we feel about ourselves and what we're it's more about critiquing what we're actually looking at so something i really advocate for is and we hear it a lot is changing your social media feed mm-hmm. once we know how internalization works so internalization in a nutshell is basically we're constantly bombarded with particular messages about many different things and they, they form as beliefs inside of us and they're sort of like lenses, which is what the bias is and we start looking around and seeing the world through these lenses. So if we're constantly, um, you know, exposed to one kind of body, for example, let's say a smaller body, smaller, younger, attractive body, mm-hmm. then that's what we assume we need to look like. So we can use the power of internalization and flip it around. So start following bodies that look like yours and also start following bodies that don't look like yours. Mm-hmm. So follow lots of different body sizes and lots of different appearances. Um, just really diversify your feed. And that visual element will do a lot of the work for you. You won't even need to think about um like, of course, it would be great to still be critical of what you're viewing, but mm-hmm. images go into the brain differently than words. It's sort of like it just absorbs in. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, it's being critical of what you're seeing and also um, make some imagery. Like, what is it that you feel when you look at your body and come back to art materials and explore the feeling through, you know, paint or pastels. A lot of the work that I do when we actually make imagery is exploring the emotion around, um, you know, what we're seeing. I love that. I feel like the, a lot of,
0: you know, um, I don't know, I guess maybe from my perspective, a lot of the work you know, in this arena has been you know, a lot of talking and things like that, but I feel like there's so much power to switching up kind of what, what part of the brain you're accessing when you're talking about yeah. this
1: stuff. Yeah, um, exactly. Well, that's the thing we can say a lot with our, with our words, but then what we're actually feeling and what we're actually doing in our life as behaviours can be very out of sync and a lot of the time the art process really illuminates that um, because it's just accessing a different way of expression Mm -hmm. which we all have
0: yeah oh that's so interesting um so ashley i guess to wrap up i like to you know basically just wrap up by asking what could you direct towards somebody who, you know, was really compelled by this discussion. And I don't know, maybe just like a takeaway message um, on this idea of fat phobia.
1: I'd say go in with curiosity. And one of the fears is when people learn about fat phobia is that, oh, if I learn that fat isn't bad, then I'm going to become unhealthy, which in itself is a fat phobic (laughs) response. Mm-hmm. Um, so just going with curiosity and you know expect that you will feel uncomfortable when you learn more about this because this is a narrative that we hear everywhere and you're probably not going to like how you feel and I know that's not a sunshine and roses <laughs> takeaway but it, it's this is the work that we need to be doing um and go off and you know go on if you're um following the podcast, you're probably on Instagram as well. There's so many great resources online Mm -hmm. Uh, and just learn, be open. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. And um, I guess, can we just
0: um, direct people to where they can find you online and all over the place?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm quite prolific over there Mm -hmm. with writing Um, and that's under body image underscore therapist. And you can find all of my links in there.
0: Oh, perfect. That makes it easy.. It <laughs> um, <does. laughs> thank you so much, Ashley.
1: Thank you.
0: All right guys, that is today's episode. If you want to learn more about Ashley and find out her more about her resources that she has for you, um, check her out on Instagram. Uh, her title is Body Image Underscore Therapist. Um, And I'm also going to link some more information on her below in the show notes. All right, guys, I hope you have an awesome New Year's Eve and New Year's Day if you're listening to this as it's being released. And I will talk to you all soon.